Hello and welcome to a wee promo for one of our good podcasting pals. Annie and I are working hard behind the scenes right now to bring you an excellent new season of Stories of Scotland and we've got some amazing episodes and topics in the pipeline that we're very excited about. We're also going to be trying to bring you more regular episodes too so this is a very exciting time to be on this Stories of Scotland journey. However, before any of that, we would like to take a little minute to share with you an episode from one of our friends, Michael Park. He makes a show called Scotland, a Scottish History Podcast. He's given us a really fun episode about Scotland's monorail experiments, and I can't wait to share it with you. We've got a wee link to his show in the episode description, so you can check out this awesome narrative-style show if you enjoy this episode. Let's hit play! It is 1950. When your dad decided one day that you'd go with him to do some business at a garage in Mulgai just outside Glasgow, you didn't want to go with him. Who would? But it's 1950, and you don't say no to your dad when he tells you that you're going to a garage in Mulgai. You don't really remember anything about the garage, except that it must have been near railway tracks. Because it was there, you saw something that stuck with you for the rest of your life. You saw a spaceship from the future, just like the ones in Dan Dare. Why it was there, nobody told you. But when you asked to go up, your dad smiled and followed you up the rickety flight of wooden stairs that led 15 feet up to a platform in the sky, held between giant metal A-frames. Your dad's friend, the man who owned the garage, was talking about how it wasn't in great nick anymore. If there was a speck of rust anywhere on the thing, you didn't notice. Plus, if it had come to rest in Earth's atmosphere after travelling all the way from Venus, it wouldn't be that surprising if it was a wee bit rusty. The door and its intricate stained glass inlay sighs open in front of you, as if by some alien magic. In actual fact, your dad opened it, you just didn't notice. You completely fail to notice the giant transformer that powers the thing. You mistake the fading, blistering paint on the side as some sort of Venusian lettering. You can learn it when you get there. Or you could learn later that the letters actually once read GBR. You also don't notice the propellers at either end of the giant, rusting hulk of a cigar tube, which is locked between a track above and a track below. After all, you're going to space. Who cares how it works? This is Scotland, a podcast about history and where we made it. I'm Michael Park. It is 1930. You're standing on the same platform that an awestruck kid would be on 20 years in the future. You're surrounded by press and dignitaries, all desperate to hear about your invention. Should you have got a band? Nah, it speaks for itself, surely. This gleaming 50-foot cigar tube with two immaculately carved and varnished propellers at either end. 
it doesn't need a band to make it exciting. Plus, you paid the newsreel company, British Pathé, to follow you around for the last few months. Their reels are silent, though, so probably wouldn't be worth the expense of hiring a band. Ah, yes. Expense. Try not to think about the expense. £150,000 to develop your brainchild and build a prototype. In 2021 money, that's almost £5.5 million, but it'll be worth it. Soon there will be a Benny rail plane on every major line in the country. You'll be a millionaire, and you're not thinking in 2021 money. You'll be Rockefeller rich. The idea is simple, or at least it is as you explain it to the great and the good of society, as you stand in front of your invention bowler hat in hand. Trains are inefficient. They're dirty. They're grimy. They're expensive to run. They're loud. They crash. They require a significant amount of work to build new lines. Sometimes, you even have to punch through mountains to get them where they're going. You tell the crowd, among them the heads of several national train companies, how much steam locomotives suck as they all peer in through the windows at the lavish decoration inside the carriage. They're only half listening. That's fine. They only need to be half listening to hear you say this. What if you could double the speed of a railway for a fraction of the cost? That pricked some ears up. The George Benny railplane system of transport will revolutionise travel in the same way that the railway did almost 100 years before, but with no need to buy more land. Just build the railplane track above the existing railway. Able to run on either electricity or internal combustion, the railplane is capable of speeds of up to 120 miles per hour. Hats are starting to come off now. You have everybody's attention. Safety? Not a problem. The car is hooked onto the rail above and uses a guide track underneath to ensure it stays locked onto its route. With that, and the way that it utilises propeller propulsion, there's little to no way that the railplane could crash. And comfort? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're about to be sitting in the comfort of the George Benny railplane. First-class carriages can be as plush as you like, but a regular carriage can carry up to 50 passengers in varying degrees of comfort. It's quiet too. You launch into the rest of your spiel about how the electric motors which power the propellers are whisper silent. But you know fine well that you had most of the bigwigs on the hook at fraction of the cost. There are pound signs in their eyes, because not only is your system cheaper to run, they can charge more than normal trains for the speed, and to be quite frank, the novelty of travelling by railplane. People love it. You can tell by the looks on their faces as the carriage pulls away from the platform. With only 130 yards of test track, they're not going to be hitting top speed by any stretch of the imagination. But as you wave your hat to them, you can see the smiles on their faces. You can see the excitement. The promise. You can see the future. You see the elevated tracks above the streets of cities like London, Paris and New York. What would be stopping a railplane connection between London and Paris? You could be there in a matter of hours. 
The intercity line between Glasgow and London was a no-brainer. A journey of just over three hours made business trips up and down to the capital almost commutable. As you stand there, watching your invention glide silently to the end of the track and back, the future looks bright for George Benny. You're glad you invited your mum along to see the whole thing in operation. If you're enjoying Scotland and you'd like to help us out, then please consider leaving a rating and a review on your favourite podcast app. We're told it really helps, we've got no idea how, but the more people who find the show, the more episodes we can make and the more stories we can tell. So if you can help us out, we would really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the show. Yep, they're interested all right. But it's 1930, less than a year after the Wall Street crash, the world was dipping into depression, and while the rail plane was an incredible idea, nobody was arguing that point, money for exciting projects like that was drying up. You were going to have to find your own funds. Good ideas are never easily given up though, and in 1931 you approached Southern Railway, with funds to build a rail plane track from Croydon Airport to Holborn in London. They knock you back, afraid of losing revenue on the existing train service. But why not, they say, put a rail plane in between London Bridge and Dartford? You're not interested. For you, a pioneer of the new age of travel, it was a route to an airport, or nothing. So it was nothing. As each year crept by, interest in the rail plane dwindled. You took the idea to the Middle East, trying to drum up support for it using the company you set up to promote it, at great expense to yourself. In 1936, the same company oust you from the board and leave you bankrupt. But the rail plane never dies. In January of 1945, you appear in the evening news talking about the new transatlantic service from New York to Prestwick Airport. What good is Prestwick Airport, you ask, if you have to spend one and a half to two and a quarter hours in getting to or from Glasgow? You're quoted as saying that the new George Benny railplane system can hit a top speed of 200 miles per hour and do the journey in 15 minutes. It still takes 45 minutes today. You predict that modern airports will be built further and further away from population centres and that fast, efficient, affordable transport should be available to make air travel easier. You're not wrong. And yet the investment never comes. The world never gets to see a fully operational George Benny railplane system of transport. Sometimes, the best ideas just don't make it. Across the road from the McDonald's on Mulgai Road, just round the corner from Benny Place in a new estate of houses, there's a blue plaque affixed to the wall of the little bridge that crosses the Craig du Burn. To commemorate George Benny's railplane, which was tested here on 8th July 1930, 
the bullet-shaped carriage with a propeller at each end was reputed to be the forerunner of the modern monorail. It was suspended from a single track on a 420 foot long purpose-built test track 30 foot above the former LNER railway line, situated east of this plaque. It may be gone now, but there really was nothing on earth like this genuine, bona fide, electrified one-car monorail. And for a while there, it really put Mogai on the map. You've been listening to Scotland. It was written and produced by me, Michael Park, and is a production of Be Quiet Media. Additional voices in this episode were by Leanne Milne. The music for every episode of Scotland is by our very own Lyle Lanley, Mitch Bain. You can check out more of his work at mitchbain.bequiet.media. Jamie Mowat does stunning illustrations for us, which you can see in our episode art. See more and buy prints at tidlin, that's T-I-D-L-I-N dot com. Scotland is supported by Chris Lingwood, Scott McCubbin, and listeners like you on Patreon. You can get loads more from us for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com forward slash Scotland History Podcast. You can find out more about the show and read transcripts on our website, scotlandpodcast.net, and we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us by searching Scotland, a Scottish history podcast. Thanks for listening. Look after each other. Wear a mask. We'll see you next time.